Say what? Say what radio show? With no agenda. It's always a surprise. But if we're not having fun, we're doing something wrong. And welcome to Say What. It is September 23rd, 2023. And my name is Nancy Hopkins. With me is Dolly Howard, Walt Silva, and Mona Radler. So, um, I'm assuming Dolly's back. Yes, Dolly, are you here? Hello. I'm here. Do you want to say hi? When I mute, I still hear you guys. I can't seem to be able to mute you guys, but... um, I still uh, listen. You're to supposed people. to mute yourself. You're supposed to I, continue hearing all other others. Oh well, that's exactly what happens, Walt. Well. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's working right. <laughs> Howdy, y'all. Hi, Walt. Hi, Jan. Hi, Nick. Hello. Hi, 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 hi. Walt, say hi. Hello, everybody. How is everybody doing today? Well, we're here together, so we're good. Oh, okay. Mona. I almost called you Leslie. <laughs> Les- Leslie. Who is Leslie? <laughs> That's funny. That is funny. Yeah, I'm not Leslie. Leslie thinking about somebody around here. Yeah, maybe there's a Leslie listening to us. Um, so hi out there in Radio Land. We um. Well, D- Dolly, did you have any kind of a list? I know I didn't put together a list because you sent us that that thing that I think is going to take us maybe the whole show to talk about. But <laughs> um, I did uh, have a conversation with God earlier this morning, and it, it, it went along with the Janine... What do you call it? The thing where they talk on it and you see them. Video thing. And I was shocked at what they were saying. And I didn't get to hear the end because I started listening too late. Because I didn't wake up for the second time until like (laughs) 2.30. So I didn't have much of a daytime. Um, So I... Long story short, no, I don't have any more on the list. Well, what did Janine say and what did God say? Well, I I woke up thinking about God and, and how we had had other conversations on how do people look at God, how do they uh, communicate with them. If they even do, because they've been taught they can't, they have to go through a mediator like a freaking priest. And so I was, I was thinking about why am I here again? I know I'm supposed to be doing stuff, but am I, did I really agree to come here? To this place at this time because of this spiritual war going on? Am I doing enough uh, as an individual in this war to help other people who are the good people who, who we are here to help? And, and um, 
I miss home. I don't remember home. I just get every once in a while get a feeling of home or a smell of home or a color of home. And uh, and so I was saying to God, it, when I talk to you, am I talking to you right? Because so many other people have said that I don't talk to you right and this and that and that. And I basically, and I'm, in my mind, I tell them, do you know what off? And, of course, I'm hearing snickering in the background. And uh, I got the message, no, however you choose, however anyone chooses to talk to God, that's how they should talk to God. And I said, well, do you ever get to the point where you're so busy you can't listen to everybody? Like me, for instance, I don't have important things to say to you. I talk to you about everything. And so did you maybe assign an angel to listen to me talk to you? And then the angel picks out the important things to share with you. And and he says, no, Dolly, I have time for every individual. I know how many hairs you have on your head. I know how many hairs you've been losing lately. <laughs> you are all that important to me. I listen to all of you. I know you don't understand this right now, but I do because I love you that much. And and so that made me feel so good. Of course, my eyes start watering again. Um, and when I was, I brought up the fact, here I am at this place in time, and this awful war battle, spiritual battle is going on, and I don't understand why I would have chosen to come here. But then he throws, uh, I don't know how to explain this, because it all came at me in one uh I, I'm learning all these lessons, and I am fighting in this spiritual war, and I have been brought, we have been brought together on purpose to be on the airwaves uh, to talk to other people, all sorts of other people. And to leave the message from what we're saying to even even the bad guys, letting them know, you're not going to get away with shutting us up. You're not going to get away with locking us up. Um, but we're going to talk. And that's why we're here right now, to talk on the airwaves and Nancy does archives of our shows and so people who don't hear us right right now this second um they hear it later because she archives our shows so they are led to the archives at the right time in their lives in order to hear them at the right time and be able to be open to the messages, even if we're not saying messages, we're just chit-chatting and teasing each other and 
and the the chatters and these are things that that are our hearts in the spiritual war as well as protecting our souls our our bodies are helping to protect our souls our uh minds and and our thoughts are helping to protect our souls because we don't want them to go to the evil we want our souls on the god side on the good side and so not only are we protecting our souls but we're helping others to protect their souls by what we're saying by the ambience they get out out of the conversation and um, I think that's all I can say about it right now. I, there's so much. <laughs> but you get the gist of what he and I were talking about. Okay, so what did Janine, and thanks for sharing that. Uh, what did Janine say? Um, she was, wow, she said a lot, and I didn't even get to the end of it. Um. You know how I've been grousing about the moon? The moon is not what we thought it was. First off, it's not a piece of cheese up there. <laughs> Secondly, it's not a planet or, or, or a star or, or whatever else they call those things up in the sky. It is a hollow spaceship type. It, it's it's not what we were taught it is. And that soon, like I think she said, within the next three to five months, the moon is going to move in a way that even a moron looking at it can see the moon move. And that there is stuff going on now that we can see if we pay attention to the moon. In the lower right side, I believe, if you look, there's a bunch of lights going on and off. Uh, so I forgot what she said. A reactor of some kind is being turned on or played with. or She thinks that's where the light is coming from on that side of the moon, the bottom left side um what else oh, she said that what i was talking with about talking with god about why we're here what we're doing uh, are we important to god uh, yeah. janine was confirming that stuff yes and those are the two things that impressed me the most. They were talking about um, stuff I don't understand. I never care to understand. What are they? Astrological type stuff like Cancer and Leo and Virgo. and Astrology, yeah. Yeah. That's what the, they were talking about that too, but my mind shuts down when it comes to that. When... Mm. When it reaches things that I just don't understand, mercifully, it shuts down so I don't have to think so hard and try to figure it out. <laughs> I know that sounds silly, but it certainly does save me a headache. Um, and 
there's something big that is supposed to happen before the end of the year, I believe. But she says, there's going to be a lot of stuff in October. A lot of stuff that's happening in October. I, uh, the way she said it, I thought, well, you better hold on to your seat or you're going you're gonna to lose it. Uh, even us who know what's happening, she said, are going to be blown away. And she started talking about the Denver airport where they have those paintings that we talked about years ago when they started, they did the paintings and they dug the tunnels. And so she was talking about who did those paintings. They're so awful. And uh, she was wondering who did them. And then she, she relates the paintings to the tunnels. And she said the tunnels are so high they are just so high that giants can walk in them with ease and, and wonder why they were built that high. And um, I'm thinking, well, they got to get all that equipment through there and then the spaceships and whatever, so they have to have big-ass tunnels. But she said something is going to happen. Come from the sky, down in the tunnels, and it's going to be exposed. I think she said in October this will happen. I, I got confused with, with what they were saying about there's going to be important exposures within three to five months, but a lot of them in October. So, uh, so that is what is going to happen with that. But there's a couple other airports that John Claude mentioned. Oh, it was a hammer. Uh, with a period. It wasn't the whole word, the hammer. I can't think. What was the other word? I think they were referring to Los No, it was something in Colorado. No, that, that's a Denver airport. I can't remember what the third airport was, but something will happen in three airports. But especially Denver will be the main one where it's going to hit the van. And it, it won't have any barriers between us and it. So uh, I'm looking forward to that happening. I've been to Denver and I took a special trip to the place where those paintings are. Okay, and it feels it feels so evil. I feel it right now. My hairs are standing up. I got goosebumps. That's how bad it is. Um, but the, remember, they say the saying is they have to show us what they're doing. And in the paintings, you have children. You have children's caskets and these the children that are alive are underneath this being that is horrendous and then they have children's caskets in one of them the whole things of those paintings is just plain evil 
um, they are very well done paintings, but they're so awful. Um, <laughs> I, what else? She just the way she said to different things about the relationship between us as individuals and God was what God and I had talked about. I know people think, oh, you're out of your frickin' mind, you crazy old woman. You can't talk to God. Well, let me tell you something. I thought that, too. And I called a lovely lady, older lady. I called her the same thing. That lady was right. She was a very righteous lady. I had no call to be jealous of her. I was just being jealous of her. And I called her that too, but she was talking to God, y'all. I'm not saying I'm this righteous old, old broad. No, no. But I am saying that what she said, what she was talking to God. Yes, it is possible. I experienced. I personally experienced it. So I know when people say to me, God said yada yada to me. I know they're telling me the truth. So if you should hear, say to yourself, well, I swear that was God talking to me. Don't doubt it. Be glad that you can finally accept that you hear him. Um, thank him that you can hear him. And thank yourself that you finally allowed yourself to accept that back. But that's where Janine was talking and just basically backing up my thoughts on what God and I had discussed this morning about our relationship and about we did come here on purpose for many reasons, for personal reasons too, because we wanted to be part of this spiritual war. Um, because we wanted to learn some lessons that we hadn't learned before. So one time or another, we were going to have to be fronted with them and either learn them or pass them up again and have to learn them later. Um, uh, uh, oh, my gosh, I just saw this. Somebody joyful self, I think that's Joni. I don't know. I'm from Denver. I've seen those paintings and the big blue horse with the red eyes. It's in the entrance to D.I. And there's a talking gargoyle. That horse, y'all, I'm telling you, I peed my pants a little. It scared me that bad. That horse is terrifying. And it's a big-ass horse. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's true. Um, okay, I think that's all I can say in answer to your question about what what uh, Janine said. All I can say is, y'all need to listen to it. It's two and a half hours. I know that's long. And there's parts I didn't even hear because my ears shut down. And, uh, but the you're going to hear the important words that Janine says that you should hear if you listen to that. 
I'll try to find it during the show and uh, paste the, uh, the site address in the chat room. Um, I think that's it, Nancy. Well, I thought you did a fine job. <laughs> um, yeah, you sound strong today. I, I slept until 2.30. I should be. I think I just needed a whole day of sleeping. And I did get stronger, and my chest pains went away again. So I, I think I am better. Thank you. Um, I will take, uh, 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 well, I'll say this. I don't want the moon moving. <laughs> the, the, moon, the moon is, without the moon, we wouldn't have the planet we have. That's they why discussed I, that. They addressed that issue. And what did they say? Well, I don't know. I heard it, but I don't know. They said, uh, actually, I'm saying, remember, I've been telling you all the moon's moving, but it's going to really move drastically this time. Um, but who's, who's in charge of it? Did she say it was no, the dark? I didn't hear that part. I, I think if she's going to say it, it's on the part I haven't heard yet. I haven't heard because I want to know who's driving that sucker. Well, I want to know who's going to move the moon, or you know, why would you move the moon? Because if you were the dark side, that could be the final action. Move the moon. Do you know what would happen? Well, how do we know it's not the Earth moving that looks like the moon is moving? It's Janine said the moon is going to move. Because this is our time of action. <laughs> the Earth is not going to move away from the moon. No, well, now she said something about the Earth, too. Like, uh, there's something going on with the Earth. When the moon starts moving, there's something going on with the Earth at the same time as the the moon moving. I didn't get that. I was going to do a okay. rerun on it, but I okay. didn't have time. Okay, well, let's look a little historical here. Um when the sun turned white, and people don't know this, okay, but when, when it was right before it turned white, there was a group of Eskimos. I'm trying to think of what they're uh, into it. Into it? It's something. In, it's something along that. Mexican. The Inuits. Inuits. Thank you. Thank you all. And they came out and contacted a television, uh, local television and told them that there was something wrong, that the sun and the moon had moved. And the reason that they said this was because their people were getting lost in the barren, ice-covered, no, nothing to navigate with except for the moon and the sun. And people were getting lost because they, they were off. So, and, and this became a, a little bit of a trend, but it never took off, never took off. But I had no doubt that they weren't telling the truth. So then I had to sit back and say, well, why would this happen and why didn't it seem to have some kind of an impact on Earth itself? You know, I didn't feel any tremors or more volcanoes or, I mean, you know, what 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 was the point of this? I mean, how, how did this happen that we weren't hurt by something as meaningful as a new position in regards to the sun and the moon? 
So the answer I got was rather simple. When the sun began to heat up just before it became a white sun, it actually expanded. Okay? In expansion, the moon in this in in the earth had and all of the soul everything in the solar system expanded with it because there's a cosmic law regarding um, the the, the harmonics of a solar system is the only way I can explain it because that was when they first started realizing this they they kind of started talking in terms of harmonics as in harmonics of music but this was very important um, aspect of mineralogy and what they 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 being astronomers and stuff um, what they discovered was that the orbits of each of the planets is a mathematical relationship. Okay, I'm going to say that again. The orbits of the planets is a mathematical relationship. And they even got so far as to say there should be a, a planet in the very orbit that you find the astro belt. And of course, there's yeah, a story. the planet Tiamat, where, where Tiamat used to be. Right, that's one name for it. It's also called Malik. Malik. Uh-huh. Um, Malik. That, Malik. It, it, was, it, was, it was this this uh, planet that exploded and left the astro uh, the uh, what did I just say the uh, the field. The, what did I just tell you it was? Anyway, the field oh, well, of, of it's the planet between ast- between astro- Mars and Jupiter. Yeah, and it's the asteroid field is what's the remnants of it. Now, so so you have this, this relationship. So when the sun got bigger, everything moved. So, yes, in relationship to the way that they were seeing it, it was the in-between time before everything adjusted because they didn't continue to scream and holler and say, it's moved, we still are lost, or they just adjusted to it. But the reason there wasn't any changes to Earth is simply because that's a cosmic law in regards to the energy relationships between planets and suns. And I don't know any more than that, that it's, you know, the harmonics, harmonics and that it's an enterology field. And it's something that will come into understanding in a while. But the the thing with the moon is that it's an artificial construct in that, well, according to Wilcock in his last, well, not his last, but one of his books, um, according to him, this was actually like one of those Death Star things from, you know, that you see in the movies, in the uh, uh, Star Wars. So you got this, the and they were all over the solar system because the people on Malak, they were actually trying to control the solar or in control of the solar system and the reason being is that very close to this solar system is a uh oh well, geez what you call it uh, Walt, uh, uh when, when you go through a you get to the other side in an instant what is that are you uh, in a wormhole a wormhole thank you it, there's a wormhole, and it's a very big wormhole. And according to Wilcock, they 
the ancient builders had um, been involved in trying to protect this particular area of the world, because of the world, of the cosmos, and that there's a whole family of different solar systems that are involved in this area. It's a very huge area we're talking about, and it's a lot of civilizations that are involved in this, but uh, our solar system is the nearest place to this jump-off point. And so what happens is you got a lot of people here, like merchants, who are hanging out in different parts of the solar system, waiting for the time where this thing opens up. And when it opens up, boop, they go through it, and then they're on the other side of the, of the galaxy or wherever they're going. So you have that kind of a, of a situation here that makes it a very important geographic, for lack of another word, uh, position. But at the same time, you have the concept of Malak and these Death Stars. And these Death Stars, I don't know where, I don't remember if he knew, but the, the Earth, the Moon was one of them. And in positioning that particular Death Star where they did, and it, you don't know if it was an intentional that they knew what they were doing or it was that they had it there and then somebody else moved it to the perfect position. But it's the perfect size in the perfect position to slow down the rotation of the Earth so that we have the seasonal, everything that we have here is dependent on the moon. If the moon wasn't there, uh, this you'd have a situation where you could have a lot of heat at certain areas and it wouldn't wouldn't be changing all the time and cold in the other areas and you wouldn't have the uh, ability to sustain life like you do because of in, in main part because of the moon's relationship with the waters of earth and the tidal effects and the tidal effects, you know, we say, oh, yeah, high tide, low tide. Well, those things are very important in maintaining the uh, biological life environment for everything that Gaia has made. So moving the, moving the moon, Dolly, scares me. <laughs> because you could move it to a place where instead of being beneficial, all of a sudden you've got major tidal waves coming in or you know also who knows what could happen but there's a thing to consider is that since the earth is doing a shift it's shifting through fourth density into fifth density maybe in fifth density it no longer needs the corrective presence of the moon or in order to get it to that point they have to make a correction on the moon that's why i'm saying is this a dark hat or is this a white hat mm. Because if it was a white hat, maybe they know that if we don't make an adjustment, that something awful is going to happen, or that you can't get into the fourth density. But I knew that uh, the the dark heads were kicked out of the moon. They, they've been talking about that for a while. So I, I guess it's not, it's not the dark heads calling the shots. That was it's, one of the things that was discussed a while a while back. It, so. it is true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I, I know. It's a lot of times I, I'm going like, you know, I don't know if that's true or not or whatnot. But, but um, well, when I was listening to Janine, she was explaining, and 
I did not get afraid. All the bases seemed to be covered. The <laughs> earth, the sun, and the moon. Their bases seemed to be covered. And there's something behind the moon that is going to have something to do with this event. Planet I, I, pardon me? Planet X, Nubiru. She didn't she didn't say. I think mm. I think what she said was she didn't know. But yeah, I have to re-listen to that. I'm sorry. Nibiru is in orbit around uh, Jupiter. Uh, that was one thing that was said by Elena Denan in one of the the uh, most recent uh, conferences with uh, Michael Sala. Is mm -hmm. that because because it's so large, uh, it it can be in orbit around uh, Jupiter without disturbing anything because Jupiter is so huge. But if it came in nearer to the Earth, everybody would notice it. Oh, look, there's a giant ball there. What is that doing there? So that's why Nibiru, there, it's off in, in orbit around Jupiter. I don't doubt it. No, that, that's, that's also called Planet X, correct? Yes, and Wormwood, depending on who you're talking to. And we also have another sun, Walt? Yes. Uh, I, I, I actually doused the name because I, I was, I know that the name of the, the, the sun is Surya. It's, a, it's in, in the old uh, Hindu mythology. But I, I started, I was doing uh, the dowsing with for the letters and I said, does the, okay, does the companion star have a name? And I got yes, so I started dowsing for the letters, and I got the the name Begib, and that is supposed to be the name of the companion star. So I I don't know uh, how it changes anything, but it. How, is, how do you spell that? Uh, let me get my pen so that I, I don't make a mistake in the spelling. When I doused the letters, it was B like boy. E. G E B E G Begib I E B Begib okay. and, I thought, and I got that that was the name of the companion star, so okay. Huh. And the reason we can't see this this star is because it's right behind the sun on purpose. Uh, in fact, uh, Alex Collier spoke of it uh, at length. He said that the Earth was involved in plenty of wars, terrible wars, so much so that the level of radiation on the planet was too much. And interesting that the strongest uh, ra uh, races that were able to tolerate all that uh, radiation were the dark races, like the red race and the black race. He says the weakest ones, the ones that, that were susceptible to radiation, were the white race. They're the ones that went uh, underground to protect themselves from the extreme radiation. So he says one of the ways that they were able to allay, you know, reduce the amount of radiation received by the surface was to tidal, do the same, the same thing that you have with the moon where the moon is tidal locked, so it's always showing you the same face. They did the same thing with the companion star. It's tidal locked, so it's always, it, when, when it's 
orbiting the companion, it's always in the same position as as where the Earth is in orbit. So it's always the sun is always in the middle. It's sitting between the companion star and the Earth. So that way it doesn't get as much radiation as it would, because right now you can you can find that there are um, different different books like for example Linda Goodman the woman the woman who wrote all those books on astrology she wrote that book called the goobers and the enti the entire um, later chapters of the book are based on writings of the rosicrucians and they swear up and down that there was a time a historical time where the earth has two suns in, in fact there was truly no nighttime because as one sun set the other one would come up so there was actually no nothing that you would actually call a, a nighttime because it was always it was always uh it was always light uh the only difference is that one looks uh, a bit smaller than the sun because it's farther away but it uh it used to be that way that it, there was no nighttime so if if there's a historical records of this uh, I, I think that there's something by that. It's not just a, a science fi fiction story. It must have truly happened. So many people are discussing it. Na and, uh, um, Native uh, traditions speak of it as well. So there's a lot of talk about the two sons. And they're, uh, have you seen, I, I don't know how true they are. Um, I haven't done it. <laughs> The photos that some people are posting on on YouTube and in other uh, social media platforms, yeah. where at, at some time, of uh, some sometime during the year, they take a photo of the of the sun, let's say near the a mountain or near the the sea, and you see another sun. And nobody can explain it. It's like there's no there's no official explanation. Why are they seeing two suns? So I don't, I don't know if that's it's just a an, a, an, a video artifact that they're doing on purpose or it's just true. I've seen a few of those pictures. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. So, um, anybody want to say any more about that sort of a subject? No, I think I it do. was. I couldn't get. I'm sorry, Bob. Oh no, no. I, I was. I was just going to make a quick, uh, quick comment that uh, I think it's a very beneficial thing they did, where they did uh, that global meditation. They had uh, over eleven thousand people online participating in the meditation. I think that's key. Things like that is really going to accelerate the changes by people coming together for a, a positive purpose. Is this a recent thing, Walt? This was uh, at the end of the show that Nancy's that uh, Dolly's talking about. The, she just posted it there. Oh, 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 oh. At the end of the show, they did a, a five-minute meditation where they had this uh, this woman. Her name is Julia, and she has these uh, quartz singing bowls. So she directs the meditation, directing your point of focus. And uh, she plays the singing balls, so everybody is focused on the one thing. Like because everybody was given a set of instructions that wherever you were watching the show from, put the name of your city, and then afterwards put from dark to light. 
because that's what that's the intention of this meditation. We're moving away from the dark. Uh, we're we're done with the dark, so we're moving away from it, and we're going from dark to light. So everybody wrote that in the in the chat in order to, to keep track of okay, how many people are participating in this. And at, at, of the latest count, he was something like 11,028 people that were participating in the, in the meditation. So the, uh, that was the intention from dark to light, getting out, moving, shifting away from this dark energy, this dark uh, reality and moving into a light reality. Now, so you saw the show too? I saw the tail end of it. I saw the meditation. Okay, so um, somebody find that because if you go just to the end of the show in the meditation, even though you're doing it after the fact, you're still putting the energy in. Yep, Remember, yep. There's no such thing as time when it comes to that. Between the two of you, somebody get that link because now it's really important that people participate. That's a link posted in the it, chat. Yeah, it's right there. Oh. It's on the chat. Okay, excellent. Excellent, excellent. So you just click on that, go to the end, do the meditation, and, you know, because it might have been 11,000 that was recorded as in the chat room, mm -hmm. but who knows how many people are going and looking at the podcast and reruns and everything else. Yeah. So it's been massive. I mean, how many people, how many people uh, are subscribed <laughs> to that channel? Uh, must be more than 11,000. That's what I'm thinking, you yeah. know. Well, just, uh, we were looking at the, this thing when it, we were in the. Me and my mom were watching at the, this when, during the middle of the after the meditation, and I commented to my mother and I said, "Think about it. Just eleven thousand people focus on something really positive." And Janine afterwards, Janine cast the tarot to ask the cards what effect, if anything, had been achieved by this meditation, and the tarot's the the cards, their interpretation was very positive, that it was actually did something really good. And I said to my mother, imagine this, 70,000 people stuck at Burning Man. What if they had gone there to meditate <laughs> instead of being stuck in the mud? You know, what yep. a change, what a, what a difference in the energies. Yep. Interesting. But, um, okay, to, to change the subject slightly, but not really, because one of the things that Jan said, let me find my notes here, um, kind of, I'd heard it, but it stunned me, the numbers, because I think last week uh, she had mentioned that the cameras that were involved in the smart cities that they were putting up so they had all these cameras all over the place. Um, that people were destroying them. And the tally now is that they destroyed 100% of them. 100%. And that uh, 50,000 people, because they had done this, were given fines and stuff. And they all refused to pay the fines. So in that one activity, they've stopped the cities. They, 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 without the cameras, they, they can't do it. And I had a show on uh, uh, Radio 5G, Other Voices, and I can't even remember who it was it was talking about. Oh, it, I think it was, uh, yeah, it was Amon Jabi. 
And he was saying that he was explaining the pillars of this new digital prison. And so he goes through them all and it's, you know, I mean, I'm not going to go through them. But the first one is building out the infrastructure to be able to use this digital system to control everybody. And he said, he said, if we get to the pillar, you know, the fourth pillar, he said, we're screwed. There's nothing we can do. He said, however, if we go back to that first pillar, that's their weak point. If we take that system down, then they can't do any of it. And this is a, a darn good example of it. You know, 50,000 people participated, at least, because they're the ones that got caught. <laughs> but they took 100% of those cameras down. Well, it's uh, a very good lesson not to be afraid of authority. You don't have to be afraid of authority. You, you are the authority. <laughs> well, that's what Jobby said. He said, listen, he said, there's millions and millions and millions of us. There's only a few of them. Yeah, what are you afraid of? <laughs> what are you afraid of? That's, that's what, what I used to say, I mean, years ago, before the, the scandemic, before all that, when I was still living in New York, and I used to say, why, if, if let's say 50% of the population decided not to pay their income tax, what, do you, what is the IRS going to say? They're going to send the, the, uh, the air, the, uh, what do you call it? The soldiers through every single house, so through, through every single address, and putting people in jail because nobody's paying their income tax. No, that's not going to happen. But everybody's afraid of the, the death of the IRS. Oh my God, the IRS! You, no, you don't, you don't want to get a mess in with it. Oh, okay. If, you know, fear rules the day. What are you going to do? And that's why they're terrified of Trump and the people behind him. <laughs> You know, because he's rallying people to just, you know, say no. And coming back to, to that subject, um, so Jan stole my thunder because we were going to talk about the the uh, two, two of the cases that are up there and indicted Trump already. One of them, the one in Georgia where Trump was actually has a, now a mugshot that's making him even more popular than ever. And it's mostly black men. They figure anybody that's got a mugshot is one of them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the women and the black women are saying, well, no, no, he looks evil or whatever, you know, but the men are going, no, he's one of us. He's part of the, you know, he's part of our group. And um, so anyway, that, that was brought by Fannie Willis. The second one is the one that was uh, initiated in the District of Columbia. Washington and it was Jack Smith behind it and again both of those have the same it's almost like they colluded to be honest and there's a question of that the Congress is actually asking to see any emails between uh, Willis the Attorney General of Georgia and the federal uh, the, uh, the Attorney General's Office of the United States because they're just they're they're both based on the the concept that Trump kept trying and continues has never never stopped saying this that the election was stolen that he actually knew the election was not stolen and so he's perpetrating perpetrating a scam and it's a conspiracy and so for 
them to win, they would be winning because they could read Donald Trump's mind. <laughs> right? So this is the, and I said this as soon as this happened because it's, it's, it felt like a trap to me that they had fallen into a Trump trap because there were how many? 55 cases brought before a variety of different judicial courts in the United States after the 2020 election, trying to bring forth the concept that the election was fraudulent. Some were in states where they, on the ground, knew that the counts were wrong. Um, there were uh, there, uh, two, I think, Supreme Court cases that, and all of them were dismissed on the the question of standing and the question of standing is you can't bring a lawsuit against somebody if you weren't personally hurt so you've got to prove that you were personally hurt but apparently being a uh, voter in the united states and saying they stole my vote is not a personal wound and they were being thrown out of all these cases so Everybody says, well, it was never, it was, you know, he lost all these cases. He didn't lose any cases. They were dismissed on standing. So what is these two indictments done? Well, the only way that Donald Trump can prove that uh, these two attorney generals can't read his mind is to prove that what they, that they thought he was lying about it was true. And so... They've opened the door for the Trump's attorneys to bring forth the the whole thing now is about the election. Was it fraudulent or not? And so all of the documents, you know, if you've done any of your research, especially in the early days with Lindell and others, there is so much evidence. I mean, even on January 6th, right before they were going to bless the election for Joe Biden. There were a number of congressmen and senators that came forth and said from their state that they had problems of the election in their state and they were asking the Senate to in the Congress to essentially I mean the House to 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 take and before you make this blessing on the you know uh, the, the authenticity of the election to please look into these problems that we have in our states. And I don't remember how many there may have been. I don't think I know that because as soon as the first objection to it occurred, that's when the revolt started on January 6th. And then they ushered everybody out and then they ushered only a few people in and then those people blessed the election for Biden. So there is so much information, so much absolute physical data. Like Lindell has got the transactions, computer transactions that went on during the election. And it shows that the Chinese, the Russians, the Spanish, and there might have been another one, German maybe, were actually interfering with the electronic voting machines in specific states, the states that could take the electoral college votes away from him. And Dolly, Dolly saw it happen on the, on the television. 
they said they had these numbers for Trump and Biden being put up on the screen as the votes came in. And she said she saw 20,000 votes disappear from the Trump column and go over to the uh, uh, Biden column. Right? That's what gave me that heart attack. Seriously. That's the night I had the bad heart attack. Seeing that did it to me. But, of course, it'll never call me to testify. (laughs) (laughs) But the, the, the fact of the matter is, is that there is a tremendous amount of absolute proof that it was a stolen election. So now he's got the opportunity to bring this information out into the world of the, rat, the, the, the people that are still asleep. So this is the first time in American history that reverse psychology is a valid judicial maneuver? <laughs> because that's what you just explained, that he's using re- reverse psychology so they're putting their foot in it. He, well, he didn't necessarily do anything about it. You see, it, it, it's these two attorneys, and, and Jan Shaw, I, I sent that to you guys, uh, read an article, and the guy in the article is saying, this looks like a setup. <laughs> and he's wondering, is Jack Smith and Fannie Willis, are they actually working for Trump? Because it's the only opportunity he has before the 24 election to prove the 2020 election was stolen. You know, and can you imagine the Americans when they, I mean, Americans that might even hate Trump. You know, well, I don't know about those, but have a question about Trump. To You know, is he too old? Can't you? Well, when you look at the data and you say, my God, they stole it. They stole the election. That my vote was nothing. They they manipulated everything. Don't you think that those people are going to stand up and say, over my dead body at this point? You know, and and I mean, I, if he's if, if this, he's going to be just blown into office by a tidal wave. Because also, you know, I mean, we all know. I think that that it was allowed to happen. If they could see from the concept of electronic warfare if they could see all of the intrusion they actually had the url of the computer in china in russia in spain the actual identities of these computers so they know damn well not only where they were coming from but the url of the given which brings to mind another question okay uh, I I worked for 11 years in IT, and I'm well aware of the issues of uh, computer security and safety, especially like in, in the big corporate environment. And here's my question. If I have a network of machines, and they're all connected locally, and they're all going to be engaged in tallying votes coming from different uh, geographic areas for specific, you know, uh, specific persons involved in the elections. Now, why in the why, nobody answers this question, why in the world would this network be open to the rest of the world? Why isn't this a private network? 
it was supposed to be and that's what one of that's one of the proof factors one of the subjects that they cover is that they weren't supposed to be connected to the internet and yet they were yeah there's a there's laws saying you don't connect to the internet exactly but that see that, that that's what it is, is that, i mean it was blatant and i i personally having seen the data um, if you could, if you knew that data, then you knew how to shut it down. And I think they allowed it to happen, because again, even after all of the awfulness that we know and we've seen, that we're on the brink of nuclear war, and they're going like, oh, oh maybe we'll have a nuclear war next week. What do you think? <laughs> I mean, f this. I mean, it's just unbelievable. So if you if you've got that happening and you still got a good portion of the population who are just brain dead, you know, I mean, how much how much more can we show them before you say we don't have any more time? You know, but this is just like these two court cases are just too good to to walk away from. It's like, yeah, that's 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 exactly what's happening. So. um and that that's and, and if you look at Trump, I mean, people who have been golfing with him go, he doesn't look like he's concerned about anything. You know? So and and this I is think the, it was he must he must have even before he stepped in even before he came to Washington, he was already given a copy of the playbook. He already knew. Yeah, I think there's been changes as they went along. I think they found things that they weren't expecting. Let me put it to this way: it was more, it was more dark, more deep than even the the, the people that thought they knew what it was. Absolutely, um, it's true. Well, th there's that, that fellow. There's the fellow that uh, talks about politics. He never, he never gives his name. He's uh, he has some name like Anon something, and he's the. I heard him say that. Uh, I don't. I don't remember what was the subject of his presentation, but he said that these guys they think they're uh, on, they're on to Trump, and they they think they're they don't realize that they're making a move. He's he's 17 steps ahead of them. I remember him saying that. Well, that that article that I sent you guys and the one that that Jan read has a picture of Trump with that. Three-tiered uh, chess team in space. Uh, <laughs> Star Trek. <Yeah>. Tech. <laughs> when Spock used to play. Star Trek. Uh -huh. Yeah. Exactly, and that's exactly what what it is all about. You know, so um, yeah, things are getting very very interesting, <laughs> actually, because and again, it comes from the fact that they shut those lights down. That that that's without the lights they can't have their cities. How easy is that? And fifty thousand people who've gotten fines are putting their finger up in the air to the government. You know this is this is the power. This is where it's coming from. So yes, Dolly, we have a purpose for being here, and we're doing our job. I think quite well. I'm going to play somewhere over the rainbow. Now, the reason I keep going to the same song is because of the potentiality that we will be attacked for playing these songs without having a licensing agreement. So I'm picking the ones that, and I'm only going with a couple because if they come after me, they'll only find a couple. 
but I'm going after. I, I'm picking the ones that I don't think Israel would sue me because I'm playing his song. You know what I'm saying? So somewhere over the rainbow for that reason, for the fact that I just love it. And welcome back to Say What? It's September 23rd, 2023. My name is Nancy Hopkins. With me is Dolly Howard, Walt Silva, and Mona Radler. You guys are back, I'm assuming? Yep. Yep. And Mona. Mona. Not yet? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, okay, great. So, um, anybody else got anything to throw onto the table? Well, I'd like to hear... If Mona has anything to say about what was already talked about. He's always so quiet. No, I'm not. <laughs> Just today. Um, maybe I just have different avenues of how to think about it. Because I didn't hear that Janine video or whatever. Whatever her name is. So I don't know what she was saying, and I might have gotten a couple clues. But supposedly, yeah, the 23rd through Planet X, Nubaru, was going through the house of Virgo, which the sun now shines in Libra, and that she's going to give birth, and that there's something like a dragon that's supposed to eat the birth. Now, that's just what I heard from one other person who I just happened to hear her video because she was talking about something enormous hit on the 23rd of October manifesting. And, of course, we're not going to hear about it. We'd maybe see it um, as, per se, those who know how to find and look to see. But it'd be one of those things. Which dimensional realm are you on? Because supposedly we're supposed to be going from the third dimensional realm into the fourth dimensional realm. But we're already here. And then with the fourth dimensional realm going into the fifth, I'm sure there's people there. I mean, each dimensional realm, I'm sure, has a group of hominoids, or whatever you want to call us, with conscious Christ thoughts that can actually fathom to know the difference between either what we're being told and believing them or know that from within us, our gods are telling us. You know, the ones who talk to us. And yet, um, we've got a lot of things that are going on. But I, I just... I don't hold on to it enough to go, okay, I'm adamant about this because I don't want to hold on to the yuck. Yeah. So I try to let go. But anyway, I'd like to hear that video, though. So did you find it, Dolly? Uh, I, I put the link before Nancy said it. I put it up in the chat. Let me see if I still have it in my case. In the chat on the radio station? Here it is. Yeah. I just stuck it in the chat on the radio station. Okay. Are you in there? Yeah, you're in there. On the news, September 20th. Okay. But that was how many days ago? Three days. Three days ago. 
Yeah, couldn't remember. Because you hear so many things from people saying this and that and the other thing and nothing happens. You know, and some people are out there just trying for attention too. So. Well, Janine seems to be pretty reliable so far. Um, what that other thought? Oh. You know, that, that question about, um, well, what you just said. Um, Derek and I had a conversation. And we're going to talk about it more on Shanghai Reality, but Tuesday, next Tuesday. But one of the things that is becoming more undeniable is that a lot of the old timers, a lot of the people that have been out there for a lot longer than most people have, they don't seem to be giving really clear, truthful messages anymore. I'm not going to name them. I'll tell you, David Ike does not seem to be one of them, okay? But of that caliber. Um, so, I think a lot of these, I mean, they're, they're probably being targeted, okay? But I do think that there's a new wave of volunteers, if we want to think of it that way, who are now the people that we need to start listening to. Uh, in, in a little bit here, I want to play um, something from two people that I've never heard before that actually Mona sh turned me on to. There's a lot of, there's thousands of them now out there that are really connected in so many ways. And I highly recommend that if you find somebody out there that is new, you, you, you don't recognize them, um, but they resonate with you, 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 you feel a connection to them, you know, let the rest of us know about this. Because there's a, oh, and I mean, I'm one of the old timers. Walt's an old-timer, Dolly's an old-timer, Mona's an old-timer. So it's not like every old-timer is falling into the traps. But again, we're the people that have maintained a uh, profile of being small, um, of being off the radar. Why? Not because we didn't want to get involved in all that fame and oh my my god my story I've got a story to tell and I can't that's the only thing I know is a story because I don't continually talk and grow I want to be the one that knows everything and I don't even know how to talk to people that know more than I do because I don't know how to talk to them luckily we don't have that problem we don't know anybody that knows more than us <laughs> but you see if that's the kind of thing you'd get from them, but they would, wouldn't be laughing. They'd really believe it. So just be careful of some of the old timers. Because I've, I've been seeing this, and then Derek, you know, he went off on somebody, and I went, well, is this something you're seeing all over the place? And he says, well, I'm seeing a lot more of it, that they're just not on target. And... Um, so we need to hear the new voices. And some of these people, I think, may already be, you know, in the vibration of the fourth density or the fifth density or wherever we're going. 
but they're representing a new energy field that I I highly recommend that you know if you find them let the rest of us know so I just wanted to throw that in there oh um, that's why Inelia recommends when you're when you're listening to the whatever stories are being offered by whoever you know men or women that are presenting their story okay pay attention is this is what they're giving what they're saying is it empowering is it liberating you is it making you more independent or is it making you dependent or you you need what they have to give it you, you unless you get what they are giving you are not going to make it you know pay attention what is the story that they're giving you is this something that oh you can't do it without them or you can't progress unless you do what they tell you you know that's not that's not where you want to go you want to build your own reality you, you because you can because you are able to create your own reality so you don't need somebody to give you rules and regulations that's what we're getting away from <laughs> So that's the big contrast between the two presenters, the old timers and the new timers. <laughs> what do you think, Mona? I'd rather feel to know the difference than to think that I know the difference. Because I will trust my intuition a whole lot more than my mind sometimes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But that's me, you know, because otherwise, it'd be in front of me. I got to know it. And I'm one that says, okay, three times, like if I hear balloon three times, and it's like, okay, something's going to happen with a balloon. <laughs> so I like the same old, and like when Dolly says, the hair on her head was sticking up her arm. She was getting the chilly willies because that was her truth. That was her facts that came to her. And that to me is, um, what do you call it? Quantified identification. And she's not being played with. Well, you know, the, the, the thing that, that's happening around us is that there is so many people looking at the alternative, going down the rabbit hole now, that a lot of information is coming out that wasn't even available, you know, a couple of years ago. Right. And I want to I want to play this clip. It's only 11 minutes, and it's Alex Ferrari uh, interviewing Billy Carson, and it, it it's it's a interview that delves into some of the let's say myth concerning the life of Jesus now this is a one hour over and one hour program that I'm going to play Wednesday the entire thing because it was just really mind-bending the information that Billy uh, has mm -hmm. and both of them actually and so I'm going to play this this 11 minutes and and I clipped out the information that Billy is explaining is fallacy and we can prove it's fallacy and it was kind of stunning so here we go you guys are good with that I'm assuming yeah all right here we go in the archives at the Vatican first of all it's about five miles of archives underground mm -hmm. and and very very 
uh, secure access. In other words, you can't just go, oh, I'm going to go check out the archives on the ground. No, you have to be a, a, a security cleared, almost top secret cleared based on their standards to get down there. Uh, but they have in there so many incredible discoveries, so much knowledge and wisdom that have been stolen, literally stolen from all around the world. And of course, the Library of Alexandria, that was a book heist. The fire was a distraction. <laughs> the real story of Alexandria, it was a book heist. It was a knowledge theft. They stole the knowledge. They left a few books burning here and then they burned it down to the ground. But the vast majority of the knowledge and wisdom stored at Alexandria was siphoned off and taken to that underground, I call it an underground base at the Vatican. Down there also, according to even some Jesuits, are bones of actual quote-unquote alien beings, mm. uh, information about uh, advanced beings that visited this planet, the Anunnaki, according to the Dogon, the Nomo, and the Sumerians, call them the Pantheon, call them the, the Anunnaki Pantheon out of Samaria. They call them Nituru out of Africa. They, had, they have all these relics and artifacts of these particular people, even out of Greece. Uh, they have all this down there. They have information even out of Iraq that shows and proves that advanced races had lived on this planet long before this current civilization here exists. And we're talking about eons and eons ago, super highly advanced with technologies and capabilities of flight and everything else, weapons of war that existed. All that information is stored underneath the Vatican archives, along with some of the most incredible texts and books and inventions that ever existed on this planet. And they siphon it away and they're hoarding all of that wisdom and knowledge so that they can keep control and power and domination over the world. And guess what? It's working. So that's that was the, that was my next question. The reasoning for all this is if you control the information, you control the knowledge. There can't exactly. be if, if, if the public is ignorant, it's much mm -hmm. more controllable. Yes. You know, if the public knew that long before. Uh, Jesus, long before Moses and all these people, you know, supposedly were even born or existed, that thousands of years before them, an advanced race lived on this planet, built an Atlantean global civilization, probably Atlantean interplanetary civilization that had capability of space flight and everything else, and that they most likely genetically modified the existing hominids, which then became Homo sapiens sapien, in order to put us all in slavery and make us do the workload for them. If, we, if they knew that, those stories and those tales from the Sumerian tablets, the Mahabharata, the Bhagavad Gita, the Indian Vedas, Tibetan Book of the Dead, the Egyptian Book of Going Forth by Day, a.k.a. the Egyptian Book of the Dead, uh, you know, the Enuma Elish and the Seventh Tablets of Creation, the Epic of Atrahasis, and if all the, if they, the myth of Adapa, if they knew that all these texts predominantly made up the majority of the Bible, mm -hmm. then we would be like, well, what are you guys preaching to us? This is all fake. This is all lies. And we know that in the Emerald Tablets, you know, which my book companion with the Emerald Tablets, that the majority of Jesus' teachings in the New Testament come directly from the Emerald Tablets of Thoth, which are 36, 38,000-year-old teachings. So they must control and hide and secure evidence of this information and this knowledge to keep people basically in this uh, level of ignorance where they can continue to control them and steal their money. By the way, I, I don't know how many churches you – I walked into probably – 30 churches because they're everywhere in Italy. Like you can't every turn everywhere you turn. Any like there's a there's a huge church, and then like a two blocks later, there's another church. And it's like there are churches everywhere. And every single church I walked into, no matter how rinky dinky it looked from the outside, you walk in, masterpieces on the wall, on the ceilings, yeah. scrub. It was no matter where you went, 
it was ma- nothing like here in the States. Here you walk into some churches and they're very humble and they're very, there's no such thing as a humble church in Italy. Yeah. So as you as an, an ignorant person from the field or from the country and you walk into St. Peter's Basilica and you don't understand anything, mm-hmm. you have to believe yeah. God is here because it's just something mm-hmm. so, so just, it's so, it's, it, it's so grand. So grand, and you know, I I consider myself a fairly educated person, and I walked in, and I, you're just in awe. You're in mm-hmm. awe of it. So I could think, wow, if, if if I didn't know better, I mm-hmm. you could easily fall into this. I mean, it's it's yes. And then let's not talk about the marketing campaign of hiring every great master artist of the last five hundred yeah. years and commission <laughs> religious. You know, that's why every time you go into a museum, it's always a real, generally speaking, always Jesus or some sort of religious depiction because the Vatican paid for all of that. Right. Am I right? Exactly. Oh, absolutely. You know, even the depiction of Jesus was switched over to the face that became the global popular face. That was actually Cesar Borgia, who was actually uh, one of the sons of an actual pope uh, and killed his own brother to try to take uh, his place. Uh, this guy was just an evil, brutal, killing ruler. Uh, his father commissioned uh, the artist to paint him, his image, as the image of Jesus. And that image still propagates the planet till this very day. And so the image that a lot of people are praying to is not the Jesus that they think it is, but actually a natural born killer. <laughs> <laughs> and it is in, in that's true because, I mean, it, is, it was just propaganda. That was the propaganda yeah. of the day where these master master works of paintings and and you know frescoes and things like that that was the propaganda of the day that was the Mm -hmm. art of that's all the only way they could get messages like this out there so because of this one artist um you have these images but generally speaking if you go back far enough i mean jesus didn't wasn't a white guy with blue eyes that doesn't make it it, 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 he he just wasn't right yeah he wasn't a white guy with blue eyes if you read the description, he had bronze feet and, and he had curly, tight curly hair. I mean, so clearly you're talking about somebody that looks like they come from that region, which really is the northern tip of Africa, a.k.a. Arabia in that region. And I've been there, of course, now dozens of times. I mean, all those people, the people who are homegrown, they all look the same. Matter of fact, when I go there, they go, you my brother, you my brother. <laughs> you know, I say they want to sell me something. Of course, I'm your brother. Of, now, but, oh, yeah, but the of point, course. Of course. <laughs> but the, point, <laughs> the point is, you get it. I mean, obviously, he wasn't a white guy with blonde hair and blue eyes. But that's a depiction that took hold and took root and has been burnt into the minds. What a great marketing campaign. I mean, you want to talk about applied neuroscience. That that image is burnt into the brains of people before they even conceived. When they come out of the womb, they're looking for that image. So they did a great marketing and propaganda campaign with that image. They burnt it into the brains of people so deeply it's embedded in our DNA. Name isn't even Jesus. His name was Yeshua. Yeshua, Yeshua okay? yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's the actual name. And so, but again, Jesus, the J is a new letter. It didn't even exist until recently. I mean, you know, so we're talking about, okay. What is really the name? Isus. When we look into the root word of that and you go back into some of the ancient tongues, you find out it's Hail Zeus. So people that are calling on the name of Jesus all the time, they're calling for help from Zeus, which is actually uh, a converted name from the Sumerian pantheon. So they're calling on Enlil is what they're calling. 
calling on, <laughs> they're not calling on any son of the creator of the universe. And this is why a lot of prayers don't actually work. People don't understand the power of speech and then calling on names and, and the cymatic frequencies they create. Then when you're completely ignorant to what's what you're really saying, it's no wonder why billions of prayers go up every single day all around the world. But then again, look at the state of the world on a daily basis. You can clearly see that uh, if somebody has a positive outcome, more than likely it's just luck. It's for people to and, do so. And I want to add one thing to this before we go on too. I want people to understand I'm not an atheist. I believe in a creator of the universe. Yeah. Because the quantum physics proves that we're living inside of a creation. There's no way to dispute that. There's no way to doubt it. We're living in a programmed uh, holographic light matrix. That is a method of use for this creation, but we are in this. It's created by an entity and believe that there is a God. I don't, I, I'm, I'm not, I just believe that the biblical version is not specifically talking about the creator of the universe. I believe those are the words of men about men that have manipulated it to be God. And actually, the word God in the Bible is mistranslated by accident on purpose. The original root word for that is God's with an S. And everywhere where you see God singular is actually supposed to have an S on the end. So there's so much going on. There's been tainted so much by man. Uh, you know, but but I do believe that there is a God. But again, you have to research everything that you believe in, especially if you're looking for this information to carry you into eternity. You should know every little tiny detail about it. You shouldn't just take it point in fact from somebody standing at a pulpit. You should be the expert on it yourself. After right. all, it is your own eternity. Right. Obviously, they have a problem. And I don't think in oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Do you think they'll be around in two, three hundred years? You know, is it, it, it? I seriously doubt it. No, no, they're they're not. They can't be. Listen, there's too much. They've paid billions of dollars in settlements, billions in settlements for uh, pedophilia and mm -hmm. sexual uh, abuse. You you can't persist along that path. Um, you know, and so <laughs> at the rate that they're going with what they're doing, they they can't persist too much longer. They still, however, right now hold a lot of power. I mean, even the governments of the world contact the Vatican before they go to war. A lot of people don't even know this. They mm. contact to speak to the black pope. Not a black man, but a black pope. He wears the black garment, okay? He's called a super Jesuit with a sworn oath, a very special sworn oath that I've posted online many times. Maybe if we have time, when, another time we can read the entire oath that they have to read. Mm -hmm. It's pretty dark. It's a mm -hmm. pretty dark oath, and it comes directly from their their information so it's not fabricated or somebody made it up online and what's interesting is the the governments of the world the superpowers of the world they contact and get approval for the war from the super jesuit black pope think about that kind of power think about that level of power people don't even know a black pope exists they don't even know what a black pope is but when you start looking it up and then research the oath that's taken it is so dark, it actually, it'll make you feel sick on the inside. That's how dark it is. So, what'd you think about that, guys? Oh, wait a minute, I got you muted. Sorry about that. All right, sorry. Okay, you're unmuted. Thank you. Well, I uh, don't know oh. what to think about that, personally. Uh. Where did the, who are these guys? I know nothing. What well, that's what I'm saying. They're new on the, uh, on my radar. This is yeah, the first time. Too. 
This is the what, first Mona? time. Well, I've listened to quite a few of theirs, and a lot of it does make sense. But then again, I felt it. Oh, because okay. we've lived so many lies that we've been taught. Man wrote the Bible. God didn't. It's just like uh, the Course of Miracles stuff, you know? The way I learned it was God dictated it to man. So, uh, there could be a lot of uh, things that God said that didn't get put in the Bible. Or it got put in there a little huge. <laughs> well, they, they took a lot of the stuff. I mean, it, 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 he goes into it in that particular show about the uh, Conference of Nicaea where they decided what was going to be accepted by the Catholic Church, the Vatican. And, and you know, none of us are talking uh, anti-Christian at all or anti-Jesus. We're just talking anti-Vatican. <laughs> you know, these people are not good people. They haven't been from the get-go. The ones that keep Jesus on the cross forever. Yep. 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 That yep. always bothered me. Why don't they yep. take him off the cross? I remember saying that, Mommy, why don't they take him off the cross? You never had an answer for me. Well, just in support of some of the things he said, one of the things he said, what they talked about, was that Jesus did not look like a blonde-haired, white guy. I mean, <laughs> How could just, he? He was a Jew. He was a well, Jew. Not just that, he was also in a country that most skin color is dark. Yeah. Even if you're from Egypt or um, Tanzania. Well, if you listen to the story of uh, Fulford, when he talks about the the Kazarians, that in order not to get killed, they adopted Judaism. Where do you think the uh, the Ashkenazi come from? Because among the Jews, they 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 have this thing where they there is dark skinned Jews and there are light skinned Jews. So the Ashkenazi are the light skinned Jews and the Sephardic are the dark-skinned Jews. Well, guess what? The Ashkenazi are not Jews. They're all Hazarians. They got they converted so they wouldn't get killed off. See, that's where the belief comes so that Jesus was supposed to be blue-eyed and everything because, okay, the Hazarians, that's, that's, that was uh, their thing. So there you have it, an another alteration to the story. Well, another proof of what he was saying is true. <laughs> they did. They took the image of the Shroud of Turin, and they put it through all sorts of sophisticated computer analysis, and created an image of Jesus. And they actually made it into a sculpture. You know how they they can take it and then make it into a 3D sculpture. And he he had curly hair. It, from the image of the, the Shroud of Turin, even, he had the curly hair, the um, facial analysis of what was there indicated that he was of dark skin versus, you know, the white skin. And what he explained, when he when he said that, that, pic, that image of the 
computerized image of the Shroud of Turin uh, came to mind. And the Shroud of Turin, um, in my opinion, is a, is a real mystical piece of information. Let's just put it that way. Um, I never heard people believe that Jesus was white. What the hell? Oh, yeah. Think of the images you see of him. I remember the, the, my first real image of Jesus was this photograph, or not photograph, but art thing on my grandmother's uh, bureau in her bedroom. And it had the, you know, what we're talking at, the blonde-eyed, I mean the blue-eyed blonde hair with the, the immaculate heart, you know, that bleeding heart thing, that image. And, you know, that's the image that I carried with me forever about what Jesus looks like. And then when I, I never gave it any thought one way or the other, to be honest with you. But then when I saw that uh, video on the, on the Shroud of Turin, it was just like, wow. Wow. I mean, it's just kind of like that picture just sort of like went up in flames, you know, <laughs> left my mind. Oy, oy, oy. Also, the source of endless arguments, like uh, there was an argument that my, my father lost with his grandmother because he made the mistake of he, they were, I don't know what they were talking about, but he goes to mention that Jesus was a Jew. Oh, she went ballistic. There's no way that Jesus was a Jew. He was a Christian and he <laughs> couldn't get her to change his, her mind, so... So Christians are all white with blue eyes. No, but the, the, she didn't accept that he was he was a Jew. She wouldn't accept that. He was supposed to be. He was Jesus, so he was a Christian. So, go figure. You know, this is what the people would accept would believe. Yeah. Not not the color of his skin or anything. The concept that how could Jesus be? A Jew, if he was the head of the Christian church, he's a Christian. <laughs> it wasn't colored there. He's talking about Jewish. Yeah. It, no, there's no no person who is born of the Jewish genetics that is a Christian. None anywhere in the world. Oh. <laughs> I yeah. didn't know that. I'm only kidding here. No, I'm, I'm oh. saying. I no, thought no. you're saying. No, I'm saying that's what they think. They can't conceive that a Jewish person would be, I mean, that Christ would be a, a, a Jew because he's Christian. <laughs> you know, once a Christian, always a Christian. And you're always a Christian if you're once a Christian. <laughs> so you can't be Jewish. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's amazing to me. Actually, yeah. I, even as a child, I never thought of, Jesus being a specific race or whatever, I Jesus to me is Jesus, and and He loves us. That's all. That's how I think of Jesus. Does He have blue eyes? I don't picture Him. I guess that's it. That's the right words. No, I don't. You don't have an image, you don't have an image of Jesus in your mind. Right. Interesting. 
very, very interesting. It's what matters is what matters is the what, what matters is the message, and not the man. What's the, you know what the what's the what's the advantage of okay of being enamored of an image? What matters is the message. What he came to teach. That's what matters. That's what changes your life. That that's what wakes you up. You know what's the what's the use of of worshiping a sh a body, two two legs, two two feet, two no well you're gonna no it's the message that's what's life changing. And 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 the difference in his name, the son of Zeus is what Jesus means. Mm. So you're praying you. That was Jesus very God. interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So people are praying to the, the son of Zeus. And, and what I loved is his proof was well, there's a lot of people praying. Did you see anything working? Right. You know, it just keeps working worse and worse. I just thought that was hysterical. Well, he he actually he went to prove what we say. We how many times have we brought over the uh, the argument that that's that's the way the cabal work. The cabal makes us create the reality that they want not what we want but the, what they want okay so there you have it people are praying to the wrong deity so to speak in order to get what they want not what people want so it's well, right right on uh, target i always wondered where people got the name yashua for jesus i thought well that's just their language and that's another a name that is for Jesus. I didn't understand it, but it didn't matter to me. Well, it had to do with a lot of dialect that was before us, like the Sanskrit and the Greek and the other things like that. But he was also talking, or I know I heard Nancy saying, that there was a civilization before the one we have. Now... And we have not been taught the truth or the facts behind the reality. And we do believe we've evolved and we're bigger people than we were. No. We're more enslaved and dictated to and being told you will own nothing and you will like it and that you will eat bugs. I mean, so we're being gaslighted. We're being bamfoozled. To manifest their dream, not ours. And then when I saw the video of Trump at the World Economic Forum shaking hands with Schwab, I about puked. So. Playing the game. Pardon? He's playing the game. That's the way I look at it. Okay. And he's in, he's in war. And we have to do a lot of things we don't really like or want to do in war. And when we're playing the game. Keep your friends close. Keep your enemies closer. Yeah. That, yeah. That kind of a concept. Um, this has been interesting to me. I, I hope you all out there are enjoying what we're saying well you know he he alluded to the fact that and and i totally agree that 
quantum physics slash enterology has taught us that we're living in a creative universe. There is something out there that keeps creating. And it's that God particle. The, I used to call it the proto, uh, proto energy, but now I, I would think of it as the God particle, the energy that is in, creates all manifestation is everywhere. And I'll tell you, I wouldn't be so sure about that, and I've told this story many times, but I think it's important. When I was, uh, I think it was probably a freshman in, in college, I was at the Catholic Church in my hometown, and it was winter, and it was very packed, and the church was really hot, you know, they overheated. So I'm standing up because there's no place to sit, and I could attribute it to almost fainting or something, you know, but it, I, I was young. I wouldn't, you know, this wasn't something I was doing then. Now I do it. But then, no. Um, but all of a sudden, I everything that in the church turned to nothing. It was dark. And there was nothing. There was, there was absolutely nothing. And except that, and, and there wasn't, I didn't even have a body. It was like my consciousness was there. That's all. Just my just my awareness and so I asked where am I and the word clear as could be said nowhere and then I came to the realization of wow this is what nowhere is without God now God over the years is is been my what is this God that created everything because I've been to nowhere nowhere is what it should be. But we don't live in nowhere. There's no life. There's no creation. There's nothing. Good Lord, it was, it was, it was amazing that my awareness was even there. And over the years, I've, I've talked to a number of people who say that they've been there too. So it's not just me saying that there is this place called nowhere to take certain people there and say, this is what you're confronting. You know, this is nowhere. This is the world without God, without the creative force. So when we are thinking in terms of, of God, it, it goes beyond just, it is everything. God is everything. And again, it's the sum total of God that makes a good God or not such a good God. So the more people, I mean, I, every day I listen to Fox Network and I hear the most horrendous stories, stupid stories, insane stories, and just really, really horrendous stories. And if if and Fox is, is just telling the truth, you know, it's not like they're making this stuff up. They're reporting it where the other stations won't report a lot of this stuff. Like the border thing is absolutely horrendous i mean it's it's absolutely horrendous and so if you watch that a lot you, you can get very very like i hate human beings my god these people are you know just not worth it but then on the other side of it you've got all these human beings that are waking up and taking action even if that action is just altering the way they're thinking i mean we're in a beautiful place compared to where we were. It's like my cousin said to me, I've said this before, you know, I didn't believe you. 
he said, but now I'm terrified because now I believe you. And I said, I was terrified when you didn't believe me. Because once you get people to grasp the enormity of the problems we're having and you give them the realization that we can, these are not problems to us because we're, we're God. Each and every one of us is God, but we're God, God's at work, God particles, we're God's image, we're God's piece of God. And each of us makes a story that then goes into the bank of God bank, you know, what God has been doing in the universe. Each and every one of us is making God what God is and will become. And we know that God is a loving being. So it's like a a no-loss game we're playing because we get ourselves in these terrible fixes and the only way out is to manifest a God that is a loving God that will get us out of there. <laughs> you know? So we're in a good place. We're in a very good place. In my opinion. What do you guys think? You have nothing to say. <laughs> oh, well. Life is a creativeness, yes, and it's by our beliefs, our knowledge, and our words are the biggest, most powerful stuff to influence, and I call it universal law and divine right order, because we are ordering our life as we create it, and people just don't realize it, and until you know that you deal from your heart, not always your ego and your brain, then things will turn out the way they're supposed to, without pain, without sadness, without wars. But, you know, we go through trials throughout the whole session of it, too, because we really don't want to be able to be responsible for our actions, because we're humans that don't have the worth, because it's been beat and taught out of us, to have that kind of recognition and power because we are manifesting the future. I want the lovely future with my flowers blooming and the critters happy and, you know, honey for my toast, okay? So, anyway, go ahead. Dolly, don't you have something to say? Well, I'm not scared. Not scared. Dave told me I don't have to be. God told me I don't have to be. So I don't even entertain them. I'm curious. I am so curious. I want to know what's it like when I'm home? What is home really like? What is this place going to look like when the spiritual battle is ended and the it, and the, it's proven that the good side has won what is earth going to look like is it going to change is it going to change for monus flowers um, is it going to change in physical shape is it going to move like they're saying the moon's going to move. Is it going to move into a different place, to to a different uh, galaxy? Uh, 
just curious. I, I'm ready for the war part to be over. I'm ready right. for the end and the beginning. That's what I'm ready for. But how do you take that anguish and anger and taught behavior out of the peons that really are not in the human? They look like humans, but they're not. And they're the ones still manifesting the demigod destruction instead of the god creation. Because we I, have... You're giving them too much power. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, exactly. I'm not. No, that's why I'm saying to Mona, you're giving them too much power. I am? Yes. Oh. Because you, you just listed that you're listening to the peons and they're manifesting. They're, okay, why? Why are you looking at that? Why are you putting your energy on that? Why? You, you are the, you're as guilty of manifesting the bad stuff because you keep that because that's what you keep manifesting because that's what you keep focusing on. What are you talking about? Because you, you said it, okay, the, the thing about all the peons and they're the ones manifesting the, the, all the, the demigod. And, okay, you keep focusing on the negative. I'm not exaggerating. It's, you're speaking on the whole, through the radio, so we're all listening to you. And you just keep focusing over and over. You know, oh, the, 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 this is being done wrong. What the war is? So if Dolly can claim it as a war, and you're telling me, I, oh, okay, fine. No, I'm, I'm, I'm. You can say that it's a war, but don't focus on on the negative or put all your energy there. Okay, there can be as much war as as there can, as there is, but it doesn't have to touch you. It doesn't just because you're aware of something. It doesn't have to be part of your reality. That's what I'm saying. Is don't. That's why don't put your energy on the what you don't want. Just because I'm aware of something doesn't mean I'm creating it. I'm aware of it, yes, because my eyes are open and I'm looking in that direction and I can see that. But I'm not making it part of my reality. That's why I keep breaking contracts. And I and I and I undo those those things so they are not part of my reality. There's there's a difference. When you're focusing on something and putting on your energy there and, and being aware of it, okay, I'm, it's, it's the same thing as like the uh, EFT. With the EFT, you can remember a really bad experience, but it has no impact in you. It does not, all your, your emotions are clear of it because you've already dealt with that energy. So yes, you're aware of it, you have a memory of it, but it no longer impacts you. See the difference? Many times, you you if you're focusing on something and it's part of your reality, okay, you're gonna remember it every minute, every moment of every day, and it's going to affect you because that's where your energy is. That's the, the that's what I'm saying to you. You don't have to put your energy on it just because you're aware of it doesn't mean that it's permanent and it's the, no, it's going to impact you. It's going to be the death of everything. And everything is going to be horrible, and it's like, no, it doesn't have to be that way. Over to you, Chief. Okay, um, I think Mona's mad at us. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I can totally understand what you're saying, but I can, only, I can also understand what she's saying, because 
she has a show for two hours five days a week and she looks at a lot of bullshit because there's a lot of bullshit out there and I'm not putting words in your mouth I hope Mona but you know you see that side of people that it can can be very very discouraging let's put it that way but that I think in in the overall that you basically are a very positive person um, is that true, or did you hang up on us? <laughs> She's not going to talk. Did she leave? I don't know. She's not talking. Oh. She, she's muted. Oh, okay. Guess she's not going to talk to us. Um, which is too bad. But you know, in, in this, in in what we're talking about here, the things that are just. Uh, you know, there's so much malarkey out there, but at the same time, there is some very interesting things happening because there, you probably don't know this, Walt, because you don't watch this stuff, but there is a senator, a Democrat senator by the name of Men, Bob Menendez and his wife, uh, Nadine, and they have been indicted. <laughs> for uh, taking bribes from various well, no, it was Israel, I mean Egypt, from Egypt, and then he's on the uh, Foreign Affairs, he's the, he's the chairman of the Foreign Affairs Committee of the Senate, which is a very, very powerful seat, and being bribed to make, uh, you know, let's say substantial military gifts to the Egyptians, that's one of the things that, you know, there's a number of them. But they've been indicted, so he he's had to resign from the his his chairmanship there. Not resign, but step down temporarily until this is cleared up. <laughs> um, but it it mirrors so much so it's identical to what Biden's the Biden family has done. I mean, it's like if if you if you're reading what the they're saying about the Mendezes, you think they're talking about the Bidens. So, so maybe the Biden's got a better lawyer? Well, <laughs> there's the idea that they're, you know, throwing Mendez, 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 he's that guy. Bob. The accent is on the first E, Mendes. Okay, Mendes. Um, that either they're throwing him out to, you know, distract people. See, the government is really going after these people, but Biden isn't one of them. You know, it might be that. But on the other side of it, it's like by taking this guy down, let's assume it's a white hat operation. By taking this guy down, who is as guilty as the Biden family, you're setting the stage for people to go, oh, that Men Menendez is, is a terrible person and his wife is even worse. And they're stupid, okay? Because when the feds went and searched their house, they found a jacket of his with the, you know, an official Senate jacket type of thing. I don't remember exactly what it said on it. But inside of it were dozens of envelopes full of money. I think it was a half a million dollars or something. Maybe it was 50000 but I think it was a half a million. It was a lot of money. 
in the, oh no because there was also this gold and they fo- found these gold bars in his why do they always put it in their sock drawer <laughs> right it's, and they it sounds and they, like the script for a bad movie I know that's what I'm saying it's like <laughs> it gets crazier and crazier some of the things that you know are happening out there and the other one is Fetterman. The, the guy that's out there now is not the Fetterman that we knew before at all. This guy is, I mean, he, he's, he's impressive. <laughs> but Jan said he's lost the tattoos. I mean, there's obvious physical changes to him. But um, this guy at least is able to articulate something, which is the last time I saw the Fetterman, the real guy, he didn't seem like he could do his even together (laughs) we couldn't even respond if he didn't have a a a translation of what the person had said to him and now they're yelling at him you know questions and he's you know oh i don't know i mean he's being a real baboon um but they um and this is what was so bizarre the schumer the guy that's the head of the senate changed the dress code so that there is no dress code. You can t- you can take the suits off, and you can come in like Fetterman, dressed as a bum. Only in the House. Is it? Oh, it's in the Senate. Oh, in the Senate. It's in the Senate. Yeah. This is the Senate. And everybody's up and up, having an uproar over that, which I would too. I mean, it's like insane. And uh, again, it's like they're doing such strange things that don't make any sense. And the other thing that's changing drastically, at least on Fox, is that they're no longer talking about Biden's incompetent policies. They're talking about policies that are d- designed to take the country down. They are absolutely all talking about, no, this is deliberate. Everything is deliberate. If we look at it deliberate as a deliberate action, then it makes sense. But if you don't look at it, it's, you, you, the, the stupidity of it is beyond, beyond. You know, they had 10,000 people show up in one day at the Texas border. It's it's like, you know, I think it's 7.5 million people have come here since Biden's been in office. It's bigger than the state. So so that means that that those countries are now empty. We can overtake them over. No, I invade and take them over. Now it's empty. They want to say that this is so that the voting will change in favor of the Democrats. That's what they may be thinking. But I think the darkest dark plan is that you're bringing all these people that were in untechnologically developed countries, not developed countries, and put them in a kill zone of 5G and everything that we have in America. Well, with that, that negativity out there, we're going to say goodnight. You want to say goodnight there, Dolly? Oh, don't focus on the negativity, y'all. It's going to be, it is okay. It's not going to be, it is okay. And just keep throwing those love blankets out there, y'all. I love you. Take care of yourself. Talk to you next time. And Walter? Dolly's, uh, you listen to Dolly because Dolly's right. Have a very good night, everybody. And Mona, I hope you're not going to be too mad at us. (laughs) Mad, be mad at Walt. He's the one that said it. I'm, I'm uh, used to it, so. 
I love you, Mona. I got that thing hanging where I see it every morning I wake up. Your copper thing. I've got two of them. Same thing for me, Dolly. I've got actually three of them. That every room's got one. <laughs> anyway, be safe, everybody. We will see you well when we see you. Have a good one. Love you, Mona. Say what? Say what radio show with no agenda. It's always a surprise. But if we're not having fun, we're doing something wrong.